people said that they didn't know how I handled it and did so much, but it's the least I could do. And to me, it wasn't enough. Through her listening eyes and seeing mine, she asks for no self-gain or applause, credits her most humble outlook to the pain past and nurturing courage of goodly parents. Her very presence blossomed from seeds planted by a father who in his own life had first-hand witness of the worst of what humankind can accomplish. She is grounded, transparent as welcoming me into her life. I was overwhelmed by her love for the value of human life. And as we talked of the fragility this living experience extends to each of us, she entrusted me in seeing the torch that flamed her legacy. And as she did, I reimagined not only my own life, but saw a fire of hope that I pray burns into the hearts of us all. All those little things that people get frustrated about and angry about, I find it hard to understand because I might be in, in the car with my dad and we'd be in traffic and it might be a hot day and he'd be like, it's okay. We have plenty of time. It's hot outside, we've got the air conditioning on, it's beautiful out. When you might see another person getting very angry about the traffic and the delay, and even if I was somewhere, let's say we were going to the movies and it was a long line, you'd be like, it's okay, we have plenty of time. It's cold outside, it's nice and warm in here. Those little things never mattered when you compare everything to your parents being murdered and having to escape or, you know, he always used to say to me, if, if I, you know, maybe said something about something, he'd be like, it's okay, at least you're not digging ditches. And for a long time, I, oh, <laughs> growing up, I thought, oh, maybe he means I'm, you know, I'm not doing manual labor, I'm not digging ditches in the ground as work as manual labor. And then I remember my sister once said to me, well, you know what that means, don't you? And, and I said, well, I, I guess I don't. And she said, well, it means you're lucky you're not digging the burial grounds, the ditches that they had to dig to bury the murdered Jews in. But he didn't say it in a side way or anything. He's like, oh, everything's okay. At least you're not digging ditches. And he compared everything in life to life and death. And when little things happen in life, and I, I, I'm watching people, and these little things you know, really hit a nerve and tick them off, like the elevator not coming fast enough, or uh, you know, in traffic, or a long line. The thing I automatically think of is what my father would say, and how he was in those circumstances, and how, is this what I'm going to be worried about or thinking about on my deathbed? I compare everything to that. I mean, some people might say it's morbid, but I really do. And I think this will not even be a blip on the radar. What I'm going to be thinking about is, did I have a good life? Did I have love? Did I have good relationships? Did I help enough people the way I wanted to as a good person? And I think those are the things that everybody thinks about at that point. So while I'm living life, I'm thinking about that so that I, I don't regret it in the end. A survivor of the Holocaust, he pledged his life to sharing kindness to all around him. His remarkable outlook tribute to the remembrance of families tortured. Epitaph for honoring the lives that were so ruthlessly taken. An acknowledgement for the people that, like the family that hit him, sacrificed all in their fight to save as many as they could. More than memories they are, for in them, my eyes will ever be wet as I look upon the pages of an unforgettable history. And as I visualize the wisdom that must have been in his face, I see a man who spent a life in honorarium for his brothers, 
for his parents and toward the other millions who, as a result of a never-to-be-overlooked crime against humanity, were murdered by a most evil regime. But lucky he felt, and in respect to what he referred to as winning the lottery, his character and life path was eternally forged. A loving man who, driven by a humble, grateful, patient, and unbreakable spirit, nurtured not only the lives of the children he raised, but uplifted the hearts of everyone he touched. A mortal being he was, yet to be celebrated he is. And even though his life was ultimately taken in the ravages of dementia, he stood his course to the end. And in that, his very essence exampled by a most loving daughter and how she has chosen to live her life forward. My father never wanted to make me suffer for anything. He, he would say, um, thank God I have the finances to take care of myself. You know, a child should never have to take care of their parent. He never wanted to be a burden on his children. So I tried to do as much as possible and tried to deal with being with him as much as possible and understanding that my presence was such a comfort to him. Even if I was just sitting there and he was laying down and I was just holding his hand. Just someone's presence, even if you don't say anything, means so much to people. It's really sad that people at that age end up so alone. And, and people really just don't put themselves in their place of what it's like. It's really so little in the end that you're doing for someone. It's so powerful and means so much to them. I just don't understand any other way. But trust me, we all have those times when we get frustrated or angry, or you get totally caught up in whatever your work or your job is, and then you sit back and go, oh my God, this is so not important. But to me, nothing means anything unless you have people around you who you love, and it's real, and you help them. Nothing else matters, really except for your relationships with people, no matter who they are, actually, I mean, even strangers. Over the populated streets of New York City she walks, her life propelled by the expected blessings and hardships of running her own business. Yet, as she pays respect in growing the tree of her heritage, zigzags through the countless strangers she passes each day, and reflects on the footprints she is pressing into the sidewalks of her life, she suggests of a balance that can be universally shared, one that is equally open to us all as we magnify and embrace the Bibles of our pasts. And as we do, a resoundingly simple call to forward the best of who we are and what we each have to offer. It's the here and now that matters and don't spend your life wasting it away on insignificant things that aren't going to mean anything in the end. And the only thing that I can be left with is if I've left an imprint on someone to help them or make them feel better. I hope I pass it on to someone and they pass it on to someone else. It's paying it forward. Just pay forward the kindness that someone has given you. Pay it forward to someone else. I pass on the kindness and, and all of those other things that my father gave me. I feel like I'm a vessel to pass on everything that was great about him to other people. I hope that they do it for somebody else. So for you, Michelle, may the full luminance of your father's warmth be forever transferred into our hearts. 
the candle of his memory imprinted in each of us through your faith and how well we've listened and by your loving concern for the generations who brought us each into existence. And in it all, reasons for each one of us to never forget just how far our individual reach can extend to those who need it most.